Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. You know, we're finishing our work in Wallace D. Waddle's The Science of Being Great. And in some ways, he has saved the best for last for us today. I think we're, we're in for a treat. He talks a little bit about the idea of why we're even here to begin with, a little bit about the idea of our relationship to God, and then gives us some real practical advice how we can move forward in our own spiritual evolution. So I think you're in for a treat. And I think where I want to start is that idea of spiritual evolution. So when this book was published in 1910, the theory of evolution itself was still being disseminated out into the world. That idea that from a single-celled organism, life was created, and uh, the panoply of different animals marched forward through that process. And I think he, he wanted to add on to that in a fundamental way. And so his idea was that evolution isn't just on the cellular level. It's not just something that we embody. Part of our moving forward as the the evolution of the species. He says it's also taking place on the consciousness level. That in fact the universe itself, the consciousness of spirit, if you will, is also evolving in the same kind of manner. And so I want to talk about that a little bit today. So what is an evolution in consciousness? And he approaches this, I think, in an interesting way. First of all, he says, because we, our individual consciousnesses, are part of God's consciousness, that our evolution personally is what contributes to the evolution of the consciousness of spirit. So think about this for a minute. Have you ever thought that your own creativity, that your own love, your own striving towards greater peace or grace or abundance, that 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 is part of the evolution, not just of your own life, but of the planet itself? And so he moves forward with this idea of really, whether we know it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, we're all in service to spirit in that way. That for spirit to experience more love in the world, it's coming through us. That for spirit to experience greater peace or greater harmony, the center of that is right in our very own hearts and activities. That we're the ones fueling the evolution, the spiritual evolution of the universe itself. Have you ever thought of yourself being in service that way? How can we serve spirit? Well, I have a joke about that. (laughs) So a Bible study leader asks of her group, what would you do if you only had four weeks left before the great judgment day? How would you choose to serve God in your remaining time? Well, one gentleman raised his hand. I would serve God by going out into the community and preaching the gospel to those who have still not become familiar with spirit. Very good, said the group leader. Another lady speaks up. I would dedicate all of my remaining time to serve God by alleviating the pain and the suffering around me. 
That's profound, said the group leader. Well, there's a fellow in the back of the room that's been considering this question and finally speaks up. I would serve God by handling phone complaints at the Department of Motor Vehicles. (laughs) Well, the group leader is a little confused. Why would you serve God at the DMV? And the fellow answers, well, one, they need a little help. And two, it will certainly make the last four weeks last a long time. (laughs) So how do we serve God? You know, this has been something that's up for spiritual organizations for a long time. We have our own social justice program here. We do uh, what I think of as a lot of good work out in the community. And yet, does the spiritual evolution, does our help on the planet, does our service to spirit, is it something that's limited to what goes on here? See, I think a lot of us think that our spiritual evolution, our spiritual work, our, our givingness to spirit just kind of happens on Sunday. And I would like to maybe put that idea to rest. If we are part of the consciousness of God itself, then our service, or, or lack thereof, <laughs> is active all the time, right? It's not just a Sunday thing. It's not just something that we do on our good days or when we're feeling particularly altruistic. It's not just summarized when we go to the food bank and help package up meals for other people. Truly, the opportunity for service exists 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And also, it doesn't have to be as pointed or, or, or look a certain way as what we're used to. To be of service to spirit is often being of service to your own personal transformation. Now let's think about this. If we are emissaries of spirit, if God gets to experience the world through our eyes, through our hearts, through our actions then really to be in service to God and being also in service to our own spiritual evolution are really part of the same thing. Anytime you are pursuing greater love in the world, anytime you are pursuing a course that would tend to bring more joy to yourself and others, anytime you find yourself acting as maybe the mediator between people and conflict, anytime that you strive towards bringing greater peace or greater harmony to your own life, to your family, to your community, you are acting in service to spirit itself doesn't have to be an elaborate plan, and we don't have to measure it by some of the, the people that we really revere as service-oriented. We don't have to be a Mother Teresa to bring greater peace into our lives and other lives. You see, when, uh, when Waddles talks about the science of being great, he's really talking about you being the best you know how to be. It's not some artificial standard of greatness. It's not some benchmark that has to be met. You don't have to be the top in some arbitrary kind of way in terms of service to the planet. All it means is that you are on a path of becoming more functional, more loving, and more powerful yourself. And when you're on a path of spiritual evolution, then the planet is on a path of spiritual evolution.
We often question some of the things going on in the world right now, and and how are we going to actually solve some of the thorny issues, whether it be homelessness or persistent racism in the world? How can we manage to feed everyone on the planet when there seems to be such a disparity from those who have and those who have not? And what I do know is that individually, it's not our job to necessarily figure out how that happens. What I do know is that when we hold some of these concepts in our heart and make our own mental progress, our own spiritual evolution about that, sometimes it's educational, sometimes it is helping out at the food bank, sometimes it's making small steps of progress in our own lives and in the lives around us to promote peace or to promote joy. When we do that, our lives act as a magnet. And drawn to us intrinsically are other people, other collaborators, other ways of making things happen. And suddenly the path towards some of these large goals are within our grasp. Suddenly we are doing it in collaboration with other people. And it is that synthesis of everyone's ideas, everyone's commitment that truly makes a difference. So do you have to figure out how to solve the issue of poverty in America right now? Do you personally have to bear that sense of weight around ending racism or something like that for, for everyone? See, often we think it's either that or I'm a failure. And the truth is no. The truth is we only have to be on a path of our own spiritual evolution, striving towards greater love and light in our own lives and in the lives immediately around us. We only have to make sure we're doing what we can personally do in terms of compassion, in terms of equality, in terms of inviting everyone to the table. And when we do that, we're in alignment to spiritual principles greater than we are, and the world begins changing. Now, I would like to suggest that we'll see an immediacy of that change. I'm afraid the gears of the universe sometimes move slowly. But what I have seen and what is reported throughout history is that the world is more loving now than it ever has been before. There is less conflict in the world. Of course, the conflict that is there is highlighted, right? Uh, Our news medias and, and methods of disseminating information, whether it be on the internet or some of the older forms of communication, they're gonna highlight everything that's wrong with the universe. And so you might get the idea that we're moving backwards. I would like to reassure you it's not the case. We are ever getting closer. It is truly a spiritual revolution. And as we make progress as individuals, as we no longer sit by and watch women treated poorly, as we no longer tolerate racism in our personal lives and in our communities, as we stand up for the rights of humans across the planet and stand up for the planet itself as we do those things as individuals in groups of people and finally in communities. Oh my gosh, the progress that is being made. 
I want to use uh, maybe a trivial example only. I don't think it's so trivial at all. So I just spent a week in Denver. We had a minister's conference in Denver. And, you know, one of the things I noticed right away, Oregon cares about the planet. Every restaurant I went to in Colorado created probably half a wastebasket per person of stuff. Everything came wrapped in plastic. You got seven paper napkins. There were three straws in every glass. And when I asked, so does all this get recycled? Uh, Everyone just kind of looked at me. (laughs) So this is the power of a few individuals standing for something that has moved out into our communities that put pressure on the right people so that we have recycling at our curbside. We have restaurants that are clear about if you want a straw, ask for it. We're not just going to assume everybody wants three of them. We're standing for the ability of the planet to sustain itself in a local way that is spreading out into the world. And I want to tell you, this is the way that we solve all of these thorny issues in the world. It starts with a few people that look exactly like you. You share it with your friends and family. It hops aboard a plane, and in some city distant from here, people start talking about whatever the issue is. It appears on social media and on on telephones. You know, that idea of a grassroots movement to do something positive in the world. And it is through your personal spiritual revolution that this begins. I'm going to move right into the homework for this week, and then we'll talk about some other things. What are you standing for today? What is your edge of spiritual movement? What is the evolution and the revolution in your own spiritual heart that is waiting to be born today? Is it to bring more love into the world? Is it to bring more peace or harmony in the world? Is it about inclusion? Is it about saving the planet? Is it about being the best parent that you can possibly be? Right? All of us have, I hope, that sense of striving, that sense of wanting to be our authentic best. And when you are on any kind of a path towards turning yourself into that newer version, that more powerful version, that more loving version, that is the evolution not just of you, but of the planet itself. That is the beginnings of movements that will change the face of this planet. Now, one of the things that I have struggled with that I will share with you is that sometimes my good enough is the enemy of my great. I know that nearly everyone here has gone through a period in their life when they have really struggled. It may have been struggling in a relationship. It may have been struggling in a job. It may have been struggling for basic liberties, Each of us in our own lives have struggled and didn't it feel good when we passed through whatever that immediate struggle was and we we found a greater quantity of love in our life. Maybe a relationship sorted itself out and the bickering and trouble went away and suddenly we're in a place of calm. The drama has settled down. Doesn't it feel good? Wouldn't you like to just be there forever? Don't you worry, though, about settling for less than your personal best. 
See, sometimes when we have struggled through something awkward, it's like, phew, never want to go back there again. And I'm a little worried about risking what might happen in the future. So it's like I'm going to use Aquanet and just spray everything down <laughs> to where even the stiffest breeze is not going to ruffle those feathers. Right? It's like we want to lock things down like pouring amber over it and just, phew, this is good enough. The good enough is the enemy of your true greatness. Now, I don't have a problem at all with being on a plateau. Don't get me wrong. I recognize the idea that when we have worked hard, when we have put some intention and some purposefulness in striving towards a, a greater education or, or, or greater peace or greater life, when we have worked through something maybe physically attacking our body and, and found wholeness again, it's like, phew, it's time for a nap. It's time, it's time to sit back and, and just enjoy the space that I've gotten back in my own life. The trouble is, if it's more than a pause, we're saying this is as good as it's ever going to get. And here is where I think so many of these great issues that are plaguing America and the world today, they're at that plateau place. And we're all kind of saying, wow, I've worked so hard just to get here. Maybe this is as good as it gets. Maybe this uneasy truce between the races right now in America is as good as it gets. Maybe the level of, uh, of wealth in America being so polarized between those who have and those who have not, well, at least we're not in a Great Depression, so maybe this is good enough. Maybe this is the plateau that we're stuck on. Please do not go there. Please do not settle for anything less than your personal best. And please do not allow America or this world to settle for anything less than its best. Because it's in us. It's our nature to evolve. Even as the, the evolution of the species has brought about this, this magnificent thing called humanity, so the urge of our hearts and our spirits is to continue that evolution in consciousness. And when we stand for love, when we make progress in peace, when the livelihood of the planet is, is based in our own sense of moving forward for ourselves, there will not be a place where that plateau has to remain. We will continue to move forward we will continue to make progress in the social, in the civil, in the economic troubles that plague this planet. And so your homework for this week is to, to ascertain where you are on your own spiritual evolution and to make perhaps a promise to yourself that this plateau that you're on right now is getting ready to ramp up into something more glorious. It's ready, it's ready for you to experiment with the next step of your own evolution. And whether it's a plan towards greater love and uh, harmony in your relationships, whether it's that sense of bringing your own abundance out into the world to help others, whether it's the call to see greater peace and equanimity around people who seem to be having difficulty with each other, I'm less concerned about what it is and highly concerned that we're motivated to move forward. When we move forward, the planet moves forward.
We create that resonance as we're, as we're improving ourselves, as we're, we're exploring our own greatness. It draws to it the collaborators and the other people of like mind that truly will make a difference in that global sense. Each one of us, perhaps not as powerful to make global change, but when we resonate with that greater life in our desires and our efforts for improvement, the planet is uplifted. So plateau, no problems. That sense of uh, moving forward, though, yes, that needs to be on the edge of the plateau. It needs to be there, calling us forward into our greatness. Now, how does Wallace D. Waddles, The Science of Being Great, how does he define greatness? It is simply the progression of our own spirit. It is simply us ever looking forward to a more powerful, a more loving, a more abundant, a more joyous, a more compassionate you. All you have to do is get better at being you. Right? Have you ever thought about that? That is how God gets better at being God, is by each one of us getting better at being ourselves, more loving, more joyous, more free, more compassionate, more wise. So I want to close today with a couple things that might surprise you. I got a big surprise as I was reading towards the end of this book. How many here have either been through a foundations class or one of our classes where they teach about affirmative prayer? I bet probably, yeah, probably over half of us are aware of Ernest Holmes and the idea of affirmative prayer. And so that was first, I think, introduced in the 1928 version of the Science of Mind textbook. So this was written in 1910. And I don't know if any of you noticed, but in the next to the last chapter, Wallace D. Waddles has a five-step mental exercise towards changing our lives. Now, I'm not here to suggest Ernest Holmes just ripped off Mr. Waddles, because <laughs> I doubt that. But what I would suggest is this idea of using our mind in a positive, prayerful way to make a difference in the world has been here long before Ernest Holmes. So let me share this mental exercise, this five-step prayer that he offers up. He says, All is right with the world. It is perfect and advancing towards completion. I will contemplate the facts of social, political, and industrial life from this high viewpoint only. Behold, it is good. I will see all human beings, all my acquaintance, friends, neighbors. I'll see the members of my own household in this same way. They are all good. Nothing is wrong with the universe. Nothing can be wrong but my own personal perceptions of it. And henceforth, I will keep that right. My whole trust is in spirit. I will obey my soul and be true to that which within me is of the highest. I will search within for the pure idea of the right in all things. And when I find it, I will express it in my outward life. I will abandon everything I have outgrown for the best that I can think. 
I will have the highest thoughts concerning all my relationships, and my manner and action shall express these high thoughts. I surrender my body to be ruled by my mind. I yield my mind to the dominion of my soul, and I give my soul to the pure guidance of God. There is but one substance and source, and of that I am made, and with it I am one. I surrender myself to conscious unity with pure spirit. There is but one, and that one is everything. And then he invites us, as in science of mind we would in our third step of treatment, he says, form a mental picture of yourself as you wish it to be, and as the greatest height that your imagination can picture. Dwell upon this ideation for some little time and hold the thought, this is what and who I really am. It is the picture of my own perfection advancing towards completion. I will contemplate these facts of social, political, and industrial life only from this high viewpoint. I behold my life as good. I will see my friends, my acquaintances, my neighbors, and the member of my household in this same manner. They too are good. I appropriate to myself the power to become what I desire and to do which I wish to do. I exercise creative energy. All the power there is is mine to use. I will arise, I will go forth with this power and perfect confidence, and I will do mighty works in the strength of God. I will trust and I will not fear, for God is with me. And so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.